the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means Survivor, Super Contest, and Squares at MyBookie.ag. Winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice! It is time to celebrate NFL season and, you know, NBA playoffs, too. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code SGP and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. Make your picks. Win big. Collect your cash. Come on. Anybody can figure that out. Use promo code SGP and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at mybookie.ag. Hello and welcome to NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee. I am joined by Zach Broner, the man from New York. The Jokic super fan. Uh, how are you feeling after last night's game, man? Are you are you you had to have been on the edge of your seat in that low scoring, uh, like Pee Wee League level scoring pickup game last night. Uh, how are you feeling yeah, after so that? I said I, I definitely said I was nervous going into it, and the nerves did not go away for the full forty eight last night. Um, obviously, that game right yeah. up and down up until the end, um, but. You know, just an awesome game and really was fun to see a... Now, when you say awesome, do you mean completely boring? No, I, I, that's actually funny because I was just going to say <laughs> I enjoyed this style of kind of a rock fight with crazy defense, crazy effort, and, you know, shots weren't falling. But it, it led to that sort of super exciting, low-scoring competitive energy. But do you not like that style? No, no, no. I mean, I... I, I... I'm not saying I dislike it. Um, I guess I've gotten so accustomed to just the the crazy offensive scoring of the last few years. I, it just felt frustrating for, for them to keep missing so many shots, I guess. That's that's why I, I, I felt like I was frustrated. I was on the edge of my seat, but I was just... I was just frustrated yeah. for no. the whole like third and fourth quarter. Like I just kept ready. I was like, let's just get it going. Let's get it going. It's like way more fun to watch Jamal Murray on fire than just watch him like missing shots. Watch, just watching like defensive efficiency. Yeah, I no. I mean, what, what was interesting about this game in the context of this series is that in the first six games, you know, it was all about offense. No one could stop anyone, and yeah. both teams really completely lost sight of who they were defensively. I mean, the the Nuggets in the beginning of the series were embarrassingly bad defensively, and the Jazz have just been pretty bad the entire yeah. time. So it was kind of nice, and I was rooting harder for the Nuggets, obviously, like to see them get big stops down the stretch after we questioned everything about them defensively was sort of redeeming for them in this series. And it was sort of a poetic ending to the series that the Nuggets getting stops was what allowed mm-hmm. them to ultimately get over the hump where prior in this series they couldn't stop absolutely anything the Jazz were doing. But... You know, 
Yeah. Denver, you know, they gutted it out. And, and obviously Jokic at times in this game was struggling with Gobert, but in the fourth quarter he was able to get buckets and, and he was kind of the difference there. Really the only guy on the court that could, uh, you know, get something going in the last few minutes. Yeah, it really did feel like going back to like, you know, 90s basketball where it was just the big men battling it out down in the paint, like Gobert, Jokic. That was, it was, you know, low scoring, just battling it out. Um, but take me through those like last few seconds. I mean, with the, you know, with, with Denver getting that steal and then all they had to do was dribble it out. And yet they threw it. Ahead. What, what was it? Uh, was it Murray that threw it ahead to Torrey Craig and missed the layup? And then Mike Conley had a chance to win it. I, I mean, he hits. You know, he hits that shot. We're talking totally. We're talking a totally different storyline. Yeah, exactly. Today. And and first of all, shout out to Gary Harris. He was absolutely incredible in this game on defense. You know, he he locked up Donovan Mitchell in the fourth quarter, and that and that was obviously yeah. just super key to Denver getting it done. But yeah, I mean. That last play is interesting because if if Craig makes that layup and that's probably you know an eight out of eight out of ten seven out of ten type shot for him if he makes if he makes <laughs> yeah. that layup the game's obviously put away if they go up four um, and it's just you know obviously in the heat of the moment I thought Coach Malone should have just called timeout to sort of bail his his team out because Jamal Murray I mean he clearly had no sense of time and score he was sprinting down the court when yeah. they should have pulled it out but. You know, that they've obviously escaped with a win, but, you know, that game could have gone completely differently, like you said, and how different would these two teams be? You know, if you're Utah right now, you know, I tweeted this. If, if they didn't come back in that game, that would have been a really ugly loss for them. They were they were down yeah. 15 early. That would have, in de- you know, undoubtedly led to the Donovan-Rudy questions bubbling back up. I mean, th- that would have been a very tumultuous summer for them so they kind of saved face by coming back in that game I thought left them with a little bit better of a taste in their mouth but if Denver loses this game I mean Denver's going home they're probably making at least one or two big moves this offseason now they can this season's a success for Denver because they no one's expecting them to beat the Clippers so if they go home now you know it's completely fine for them so that that Conley shot which goes in and out I mean completely alters the direction of two franchises which just shows you you know at the end of the day it's a make or miss league that that shot goes in you know are we seeing the jamal murray for ben simmons trade maybe but you know now now we're not so well now i'm wondering are we we seeing like a mike conley trade to the 76ers like conley was you know the big free agent that utah went out and got never really paid off for them all series all season had trouble integrating him in the system he got banged up he was good he was bad um, he had a chance to get them to the next round. Didn't. What do they do? I mean, do they do they keep Conley or or what? What did the Jazz do? And and do you feel like this would have been a totally different series with Bogdanovich if he was healthy? Look, I mean, the Bogdanovich thing is definitely out there, but to me, this series is just so different with Gary Harris in it. I mean, I thought Gary Harris basically changed this series. So. You only got really one and a half. Well, it was offensive. It was offensive all the way around until he got in the game, and you saw like the how how the scoring really tailed off once he started. Absolutely. Playing. So you know the Bogdanovich thing will always be a question, but Will Barton wasn't available this whole series, and Gary Harris, who showed that he can stop Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, he was only there for one and a half games. So obviously, the series have been way different. I mean, I thought Conley actually had a pretty good series overall. I mean, he played. 
he he shot the ball terribly tonight, but he had that beautiful alley oop to Rudy Gobert with about forty seconds left, which was the the uh, tying bucket before Jokic hit the game winner. But um, mm-hmm. look, if you're Utah, I mean. Rudy Gobert is eligible for a Supermax extension. I would not go near that with a 10-foot pole. I mean, I don't like Rudy Gobert nope. as part of a championship team. Um, you know, his his strengths were obviously on display in this series. But, look, I mean, Jokic averaged 26-8-5 and five in this series. So, you know, yeah. Ru- Rudy Gobert had some loud moments. But, you know, if you're the defensive player of the year, you know, and you're letting up 26-8-5 and five in your matchup, that's not, that's not going to cut it. Um, and he obviously limits Absolutely. you offensively with the inability to shoot. So definitely a, a summer to reflect for the Jazz. Yeah, I agree. So the Nuggets are only the 12th team in playoff history to come back from a 3-1 deficit in um, in the series. That's really, I mean, credit to Denver for really getting it done, getting it done through a lot of injuries. Uh, do not like them going forward against the Clippers. We could talk more about that, but they definitely feel like they've bought themselves some time. They bought themselves some time next season to uh, see how Michael Porter Jr. still comes along. He, you know, I feel like in the bubble, he, he was hot and cold, but he really showed that he has something there. So um, that's exciting. Um, before we get into previewing the tomorrow's games anything you want to say about the other game last night Celtics Toronto you took Toronto you locked them up they lost uh I I stuck with Boston and I'm happy with my pick I really feel like this Boston team they're the future they got those big great wings and Marcus Smart is hot I mean any any can, can you justify uh, the Raptors at this point? Yeah, but uh, look, I, I mean that that Marcus Smart three point shooting display was pretty ridiculous in the in the fourth quarter. So I'm not I'm not that disappointed. My I mean I'm disappointed my Raptors ticket didn't cash. But with some different shooting luck, I think the Raptors may have been you know victorious yesterday. Obviously in the playoffs, you can't you can't cry about sample size seven game series. You got to get it done. But look, I mean. The Raptors' absolute desperation game coming up. So I hate to say it, but I think I will be backing them again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, so we, we can uh, – let's go ahead and just start talking about that game. It's a the first game tomorrow. Uh, it's a pick em. Um Oh, you know, actually, right before we get to that, I did want to ask you something. Do did we lose sight? Did we, you know, when we're talking game sevens, did we lose sight of something as gamblers? Should we always just take the under on the like point total on game sevens? It always feels like the teams tighten up, and if maybe it's totally anecdotal, it just but it feels like the the totals almost always go under in game sevens. We were definitely. Nobody was expect- expecting that low scoring a game, but I believe we were both kind of leaning over on the t- on the point total. Yeah, definitely, and that was actually I guess prior to the the, the day of the the Nuggets Jazz game, we saw an insane line move on the under. So you know there was a crazy yeah. big move taking that line down. We're seeing the same thing again with OKC Houston tonight. We both said we liked the under yesterday, so definitely that trend is out there in the market right now, um, and. Look, I mean, last night, 
it, do do you think? I mean, there's just such tired legs in the fourth quarter, and it's like you know, nobody's three point mm-hmm. shot that was you know looked even close. I mean, there was just such such tired legs, and and that fourth quarter, that's the whole second half was just no scoring last night. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight with that Rockets Thunder game because those are two you know quote unquote offensive teams, and they're going to be in the same situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so um, moving forward, we've got game three of Boston-Toronto tomorrow. It's a straight-up pick uh, Boston has you know, really looked great in both these games. Toronto just cannot seem to get their offensive going. Uh, Pascal Siakam has not stepped up to be the star. Everybody was uh, you know, expecting him to be uh, with his regular season performance. Um. I know you're saying desperation play. You're going to take the Raptors. I'm not saying I'm against that. I do not think that the Celtics are going to sweep this by any sense. So this does feel like it could be a Raptors win here. Um, But what are you seeing? Like, what are you seeing as the main advantages for the Raptors right now? Like, where can they really try to get a foothold in against this Celtics team? Yeah, I mean, I thought their defense was much better. I mean, they held the Celtics to 102, so that team total under did cash yesterday for me on the Celtics. So part of my uh, pick was correct on this game. Um, and this game obviously came mm-hmm. under with a total of 201. So I thought the Raptors' defense was there. I mean, their, their shooting continues to struggle. Raptors shot 27% mm-hmm. from three in this game. The Celtics shot 40%, including, obviously, I mean, six for 11 from Marcus Smart was crazy, including... Five of five from three. I mean, the Ra- the Raptors were up eight in late in the third quarter, early fourth, and had a chance to put this game away. So, I'm still kind of harping on that. I think I don't think that they're outclassed by Boston. I think you know they obviously got blo- beaten up a little bit in game one. This one just was a 50-50 game that didn't go their way. So, still think Toronto has some things to harp on, especially defensively. But that offense is going to need to come around if they want to win this series or make any noise after that. Yeah. So looking right now at the Celtics Raptors exact series results at my bookie, um, they have the Celtics to sweep at, at plus two seventy five. Celtics win four to one at plus two fifty. Celtics win four to two at plus three fifty. Celtics win four to three at plus five fifty. Raptors win four to two at. 12 to 1 and Raptors win 4 to 3 at plus 600. Uh if I, you know, gun to the head, what do you take on those? I think I might go Raptors 4 2. Really? You're going to go the 12 to 1. I mean that that's the best that would definitely be the best payout. Yeah, I mean, I look, I I I still I don't think the Raptors are dead and dead for rights. I mean, remember this team was down 2-0 to the Bucks last year in the conference finals and won four straight. Obviously that was on Kawhi's back, but you know, a lot of the same guys, so I don't see, I don't sense any panic coming from that team. I think, you know, they're going to come out as is um, for games three and four, and I took them in game one and two, so I'm going to, you know, stay on the wagon at least for now. So, 4-2, that actually looks kind of tasty. I might have to go scoop that up after we uh, record this podcast. Yeah, all right. Well, definitely take a screenshot of your ticket and share it for everybody to see if you're that positive. Oh, right? yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick with the Celtics. Uh, I don't think it's a sweep. Or I, I think the Raptors take two. 
So I'm going to go ahead and say the Celtics win this 4-2. I take those that uh, plus 350 odds there. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about this game tomorrow? It's a pick em. Uh, I think we're both leading Raptors. We've got a total of uh, 214 and a half right now. I'm going to say I like the under there just because you're right. It does seem like the Raptors defense is stepping up more. Um, and, you know, the Celtics have a great defense of their own. So this could be more of a rock fight than we saw in the first game for sure. Uh, where are you going with that total? Yeah, I think I'm going to stay under again. I may even play that Celtics team total under again. That looks like a friendly kind of soft spot for to target the Raptors defense, which I think has has been as advertised. Just like we said, I mean, Pascal Siakam does not look like he has any hope of being a number one scorer on a good playoff team right now. I mean, 6 of 16 yeah. again today. So I don't want to continue to harp on him because, you know, he's definitely a good player in his own right, but... He is not suited for the role in which he's being asked to uh, perform for the Raptors right now. If you could pair him with any type of star in the league, uh, other than the obvious like Kawhi, who would you pair him with that he would be a great number two man on a championship team? If I could pair him with anyone, I, I, w- yeah. I would love to see him paired with you know a great passer. You know, maybe like a maybe like a Nikola Jokic type player. Or, you know, in the Warriors system. Lowry's not a great passer? What? You don't think Lowry is a great passer? I wouldn't... I would say... I, look, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely a, a, a valuable weapon during the regular season. It just comes down to in the playoffs. I mean, I would pair him next to any number one option. He looked great next to Kawhi Leonard. Um, but, you know, during the regular season, I mean, he, he averaged, what? He averaged 23 a game this year, so that's kind of mm-hmm. suitable to be a number one option for the regular season. But in the playoffs, you just need a, you need a better option as your go-to scorer. So, you know, if I wanted yeah. to get the absolute maximum out of him, I'd love to just see Pascal cutting, flying around, you know, playing off a great offensive hub passer. Um, but in the playoffs, I mean, I would love to see, you know, a Jimmy Butler or a Kawhi Leonard or... You know, a LeBron, I mean, I'm naming obvious names, but, you know, someone who can yeah. get a buck. Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum's been the best player in this series. NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. For a limited time, you can get a share of $100 million in prizes once you enter the promo code SGP at DraftKings Free Survivor Pool. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code SGP to get on, on all the action. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sportsbooks with NBA, H, NHL, and MLB back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to BetQL.co and enter promo code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's BetQL.co, promo code SGP20. Russell brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paper head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. 
And we're brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with a promo code SGP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SGP20. And finally, don't forget to sign up for our free roll football contest where we're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. Let's move on to your favorite team. They are uh, running into a buzzsaw for this next series. You said you had the uh, the Nuggets Clippers odds in front of you. What are they right now? Yes, I'm looking at for right now. I mean, this is this is going to sound crazy, but I'm looking at Nuggets plus 800 and uh, Clippers minus 1,500 coming back the other way. So major, wow. major favorite here. And I'm not sure it's not deserved. I mean, this Nuggets team doesn't seem to have much of a chance. What are you thinking for this series? Well, I definitely don't think they have a chance. Uh, I'm looking, you know, if I was to bet this series, I'm going to go ahead and I- I'm looking at the Clippers uh, to sweep. That's at plus 175. Clippers win four to one plus two hundred. Uh, Clippers win four to two plus three fifty. I say I'm going to go with uh, Clippers win four to one at plus two hundred. I like those and just kind of looking at you know people say defense really matters in the playoffs and when you look at the uh, the rankings for uh, NBA team defensive efficiency, the uh, Nuggets are way down at number seventeen below the the Phoenix Suns. The Clippers are at five. Uh, all the other teams that are still in the playoffs are in the uh, top ten. So, I don't know. I mean, I know it's cliche, but defense definitely matters in the playoffs, and I just don't see how they score enough points against the Clippers. Yeah, no, that de- that definitely makes sense. I mean, I, one thing I will say, I, I don't disagree at all. I think the Clippers clearly have the upper hand here, but the Clippers, you know, they let the Mavericks hang around in round one. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, anybody on the Nuggets is going to do what Luka was able to do, but the Clippers weren't exactly, you know, the pinnacle of focus and execution during the first round. I mean, they, they sleptwalk through a, a number of those quarters against the Mavericks and definitely allowed the Mavericks to be sort of the feistier, more energetic team. So I think the Nuggets could grab one or two games in this series, but definitely picking the Clippers and, and we can move it to talk about game one which is tomorrow night um, we have the Clippers going off as eight point favorites so larger than they were against the healthy Mavs team but uh, obviously a terrible rest situation for the Nuggets here they finished up close to midnight last night now they got to turn around and play uh, tomorrow night yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm seeing uh, Clippers minus eight and a half. I'm gonna go ahead and still take the Clippers. They've been resting, and you're right. I I think they partly sleptwalk through uh, this first series. They sleptwalk through a lot of the bubble. Yeah. Uh, they sleptwalk through a lot of the season, and I just don't. You know, and you're right. I feel like a lot of people just keep expecting them to turn it on, and maybe they can't flip that switch. But we've seen Kawhi do it before. The person I'm most worried about is uh, Paul George. You know, like there's been a lot of memes of him online, uh, you know, trying to people joking about what's his most memorable playoff moment. Like when, when has he really stepped up in the playoffs? And I can't think of one. 
I, I mean, he he has to start doing something in this series. He has to start proving that he is a true star next to Kawhi. Yeah, 100%. And look, I mean, I'm not saying that anyone on Denver can lock down Kawhi, but they do have good options to throw at him. I mean, Jeremy Grant has done a good job on Kawhi in the past. They have Grant, they have Torrey Craig, and Gary Harris. So three really good options on the on the wing, on the perimeter. I mean, Paul George has to be a threat and, you know, win a matchup against one of those guys. Um, obviously, I'm, 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 Kawhi is, his floor is incredibly high. He'll, he'll get his 25, 5 and 5 against anybody, but um, Paul George will have to be a threat in this series. Um, you know, I think Denver offensively, I like the matchup for Jokic. I think he'll put up big numbers in this series. Definitely worried about Pat Beverly. Uh, if he comes back healthy, he should be able to take Jamal Murray, I think, a little bit out of what he wants to do. So that that's definitely concerning for Denver. Um, but, yeah, definitely got to be a big Jokic series here where, you know, the Clippers' weakness yeah. is their bigs, and, and that's Denver's strength. Yeah, I mean, it's the weakness. Zubac has been a lot better in the bubble than people have been giving him credit for, or at least, you know, credit compared to how he was doing in the regular season. I'm not saying that he's going to even slow down Jokic, but I definitely think that Zubac is a big body they can throw at him. I just don't think the, 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 the main weakness that the Nuggets have is they don't have a second unit that can run with that Clippers second unit when they bring out Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell. Like, who is in, you know, unless in, unless their starting lineup is playing, like, the whole game, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, I mean, look, Michael Porter Jr. kind of survived that series. I mean, we were ripping him apart, and he was obviously horrific defensively at times, but he started to figure it out a little bit. I thought he played really well last night in Game 7, especially on the glass. He was he was playing well, so he'll be on that second unit. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely think this is going to be a huge Jokic series just because I think he's going to be so relieved to have just faced Gobert and the length of Gobert and how, how tough it is to go up against him. Now he goes up against um, a slightly less athletic, less long player in Zubac. Obviously, no disrespect to his uh, big body, but... You know, I, I expect Jokic to feast there, but you don't definite... don't disrespect his big body. You don't want to dis- disrespect the man's big body. <laughs> exactly, um, but yeah, definitely an uphill batter for for Denver here, and especially in Game One. I, I would probably lean Denver plus the eight and a half, just because that line feels a little big. But you know, I could also see them. You know, they're they're very tired. Jamal Murray definitely looked to his lost some explosiveness after that collision with Joe Ingles. Uh, right before halftime, so his health is obviously a concern. Yeah. He looked really bad last night in the second half. I mean, he left it all out on the floor, but he could not get any separation, so they're going to need him at full strength. I don't think they'll have that in game one. Those type of bruises can linger. Um, so definitely yeah. a tough ask for Denver in game one, but it's also a lot of points. Yeah. No, I agree, but I just feel like if they look anything like they did in that second half, uh, it's going to be a real rough game one with the Clippers having got as much rest as they did. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with the Clippers minus eight and a half. Uh, The total right now is set at 223. I'm going to go ahead and go under just because I do feel like the Nuggets are going to struggle on offense and the Clippers are going to take their foot off the gas in the second half. Yeah, I think I like that under as well. Definitely 
I definitely could see this being a more methodical type approach for the Nuggets trying to work the ball inside a joker and just, you know, play slow, play methodically and, and try to get enough stops to keep them in it for the fourth quarter. But we'll be, I mean, I think this type of game where if you're, if you're Mike Malone, you have a lot of strategy to think about because, you know, do you want to push your guys in this game one, knowing they're already tired, potentially burn out early in this series? Or, you know, I could see this being a very deep rotation game for the Nuggets where they, they kind of try to get everybody a little bit of rest. Um, you know, maybe maybe you only play Jamal Murray 25 minutes, something like that here in game one to just give yourself a shot yeah. later in the series. So he maybe, maybe 25 minutes is low for Jamal, but you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Um, maybe punt on this game. Uh, g- g- give yourself a, a chance for the later games. That's not a bad, not a bad take. But also, uh, I would then stick with the under and the Clippers. Um, okay, well, uh, that's about it. Unless you have anything else you want to say for Wednesday's. Wait, no, Thursday's game. Today's Wednesday, right? I don't remember. Yeah, no. Today, today's Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. I, I, I'm excited for tomorrow's podcast because we'll either be able to preview Rockets Lakers or have a very very uh emotional Rockets postmortem if they if they lose tonight. Yeah. So that is a absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. huge game for the Houston Rockets tonight. So we are re- yeah, we recorded this at 4:30 Eastern Standard Time well before the Rockets game starts and uh yeah, I feel like if they lose tonight, um a lot of changes are coming to that Rockets team and especially with D'Antoni and the Rockets front office. Um, and, yeah, who knows? Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it because everybody's going to know the outcome by the time they hear this, but very excited about tonight's game. Uh, anything else you want to say signing off? Uh, no, we'll uh, talk to everyone later in the week. All right. Definitely make sure to subscribe, rate, and review NBA Gambling Podcast. We're going to be giving away another hoodie soon, so make sure to uh, go ahead and review. Take a screenshot of that review and send it to me at NBA Gambling Podcast at the SGPN.com or, uh, you know, just hit me up at uh, the Ryan McKee on Twitter. Hit up Zach at NBA Zach B. Make sure to join our Slack sg.pn slash slack we've had a ton of new people coming into slack i don't know if it's the the because nfl season is coming up or because they're hearing us talk about it on uh this nba i was talking about our nba slack channel so we're excited about that more people keep coming in the more dgens the better it's really fun in there so definitely check out our slack uh go to sportsgamingpodcast.com we've got a ton of fantasy football draft content up there if you're into that stuff um and yeah signing up we'll talk to you tomorrow basketball give me give me give me the ball because i'm gonna go